Washington Golf, and I am Tom Kay, the Senior Director of Communications for Washington Golf. And uh, today we have with us Kelly Camimira, the head coach of the women's golf team at Washington State University. Kelly, thanks so much for coming on today. Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, you are the head coach, and you've been there actually for quite a while. It looks like uh, 10, 10 years now, is that right? Yeah, I believe next year we'll be starting my 11th year. Yeah, as I understand, it's the uh, the longest tenured coach in the program history. Uh, I think you took over from your predecessor, Walt Williams. Is that right? Yeah, and Walt um, he coached both men's and women, so he um, he was really you know he had a responsible for both programs where I just coached the women. So uh-huh. okay. yeah, okay. So uh, before we get into your coaching uh, uh, situation right now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your own personal background as a player because. Uh, uh, in looking at some of this uh, background, you were quite a player. Uh, you went to Cedar Rolly High School, is that correct? I did, yep. Yeah. Four-time state champion, individual state champion, is that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. What was your home course there in Cedar Rolly? Um, Gateway Golf Course. Um, okay, sure. I golfed there and then also at Avalon. Avalon, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, then uh, a two-time uh, state champion for the Washington Junior Golf Association. Yep. Yes. And all American for the uh, American Junior Golf Association as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, then you went to play for the University of Washington golf team. I did. Yeah, for Mary Lou. Yeah, Mary Lou Wolfler. Yeah. Um, four years. Is that right? All four years. Yep. Yes. And it uh, looks like you won four individual titles. Mhm. Do you remember those titles by chance? I um, I do. I. I don't remember the exact name, but I know one was hosted by Oregon State, mm-hmm. and then one was hosted by Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, one was hosted by San Jose State, mm-hmm. and then now I'm well. Now I'm blanking on the fourth one. So uh, during those years, what was the uh, home course for the UW team for you guys? We bounced around a lot. We played yeah. a lot at Sahali, Broadmoor, mm-hmm. Sandpoint, Washington National. Yeah. Tacoma Country Club. We kind of bounced between those courses for practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you also won the 2001 Washington State Women's Amateur Championship. So uh, quite a quite a amateur uh, track there. So uh, let me uh, let me ask you: Was there a time during your playing career at UW that you were starting to think, you know, what I I kind of like the collegiate atmosphere. I like I like what's going on here. I like student athletes. I like, you know, maybe this is something that I can do, you know, long term, uh, as a be involved with somehow long term. Is that did that start hitting you at some point? Did you have a discussion with Mary Lou Muffler at some point, saying, "Gee, how do I, how do I get into this or anything like that?" You know, I did. I think, you know, I had never really wanted to seek a professional career. Ironically, you know, the travel and wanting to be home more was something that really resonated with me. Yeah. And then I, I remember really going into the end of my junior year, beginning of my senior year, you know, having that real leadership role, but also being an older player on the team. So um, it really gave me an opportunity to look at it from a different perspective. And mm-hmm. I loved encouraging my teammates. I loved helping my, you know, team get better. I 
really enjoyed the team atmosphere of golf where you're taking mm-hmm. that individual sport and turning, you know, adding the team element that really I loved. I loved when my teammates had a hard day and they might want to come and talk to me and, you know, kind of help them with their game plan. I also, you know, Mary Lou is a big part of my life. And so Mm -hmm. she's always been somebody who has really supported and inspired me. And so watching that connection and knowing that connection I had with her, it was really exciting at the possibility of seeking a career, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, doing that for other people. That's always been my main motivation. So Mm -hmm. that I've been really lucky with a lot of supportive people along the way, but right after college, um, I took a little bit over my four years to graduate. So Mary Lou um, let me assistant coach at that time. There weren't assistant coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I finished my degree and did some assistant coaching. And then I went to Pepperdine. Um, How did did that turn out? Did you get a job there? Did you go to school there at Pepperdine or how did that work out? Yeah, well, Pepperdine had recruited me um, during the recruiting process. So I had gotten to know Lori really well, the head coach there. And I, you know, I, so when I was looking at um, some different options, I reached out to see if there was, at that time, programs were just starting to add assistant coaches. So um, I knew I wanted to go to grad school, knew I would love an opportunity somewhere to coach, and it just so happened that I called, Lori was one of the first calls I made, and mm-hmm. um, and they had an opening for an assistant coach, and they have a great business, you know, MBA program. So I was able to be there for six years an assistant coach under Lori and get my MBA. And it was awesome. Oh. Actually, the, how it really, I, I'm, it's coming back to me, but there was a brief period where I thought I might want to become a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so I had applied to Pepperdine Law School and got waitlisted. And at the parking oh. lot of a golf tournament, I oh. said to Lori, um, you know, Pepperdine waitlisted me. And she said, oh, are you, I didn't know you were looking, you know, to, you know, pursue grad school. And she's like, I, and then um, she said, well, reach out to me. And, and I did. And then, um, you know, the rest is kind of history. Huh. So uh, you were, you were there for a few more years until 2008 or so. Is that correct? Yeah. I was there for five and a half years. Wow. That turned out pretty well then. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. awesome. And we had a great run as a team and mm-hmm. great experience coaching under Lori and mm-hmm. just, yeah, had a great, great experience there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the transition from uh, Pepperdine to Washington State University, mm-hmm. and you said that the women's uh, team at Wazoo did not have a their own coach at the time. Mm-hmm. So this was this was a, a new thing, and is this something that you presented to them an idea to, to them, or did they did they come looking for you? Did they did you apply for this? How how did that work out? I applied. I actually there was uh, you know I had graduated with my MBA in June. Um, May or, in May, June, and and then you know was it was time to pursue um, pursue a head job, but also you know or a career because just because I I mean gosh I had such a great time in LA but there was only so long that my parents I think were like okay, you know we we're supplementing your your income to be able to live in Los Angeles so um, that time is is up so <laughs> <laughs> you know I was almost thirty so. Um, <laughs> I um I applied for WSU and there were some other openings as well and mm-hmm. um you know this and it ended up you know working out which I was so excited to be back in the northwest mm-hmm. you know Washington's always been my home and excited to be back here you know Walt had done you know some great things with the program and 
one of my former teammates, Carrie Sampson, had done a great job as one of the assistant coaches for that program that helped. And so um, I knew the program. They had had some players um, transfer, and it was a transitional period, but I knew that there had been a good foundation. And so I was excited to, um, you know, to, to see what we could do here. Mm-hmm. So uh, around that time, I, and I mm-hmm. don't have that uh, info in front of me right now, but uh, Polus Rich, the uh, the golf club there, Washington State University, their own golf course, yep. that mm-hmm. opened right around there. Is that right? Yep, just just the year before. So yeah, yeah. it was it was brand new. Mm-hmm. So I was I'm wondering, well, was that sort of the the impetus to have the women's team? kind of not break off on its own, but be its own real entity with its own head coach, its own, you know, driving thing. Is that, is that right? About, about well, that? I think there was a number of factors. I think, you know, there, the WSU was the only program in the Pac-12 at the time with one, one head coach overseeing both um, programs. It's a yeah, model okay. that some other schools and other conferences have used, but I think at that time they had wanted to, um, you know, really split the programs more. Mm-hmm. And I, but I'm assuming that the golf course was probably part of that, mm-hmm. too. You know, when they had the facility, um, you know, the first year in that transitional period was was really, um, it was it was a tough year. The players were great. You know, they they welcomed me, and um, you know, we were able to kind of establish a new culture and um, mm-hmm. a new identity. Um, not because you know we had to, but because that just is you know you know with yeah. as a new coach coming in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I had some players that didn't know what a whole location sheet was. I had some players yeah. that didn't know what, how to use a rangefinder. Uh-huh. And that was a new experience for me because at Pepperdine, we've been vying for national championships. Yeah, sure. Um, so so uh, a, whole, a whole new culture you had to bring. Yeah, it was a whole new new deal and a whole new learning curve for me as at that time, you know, we had a players in a wide range of levels that I hadn't had any experience coaching, but it was so fun and one of those players is actually um our assistant coach now and so uh you know she's been here through the whole time with me um, as a player and then a coach and that's been really fun too uh-huh. so uh starting out the program there in the early part of the decade um you had to kind of rebuild a, a little bit like i said you had to rebuild mm-hmm. the culture it sounds like yeah, just they had there was a lot of new players coming in that hadn't experienced college golf before. We had five freshmen. Mm-hmm. So it was just that and five freshmen who didn't know me. You know, I started in July, so mm-hmm. and they came to campus in August. So they didn't, you know, um yeah. I didn't recruit them, but I formed strong bonds with them and um mm-hmm. yeah, but it was able to kind of do some different things. So what is uh, now that you've been there for 10 years, what is the mm-hmm. strength of of the program? after this time and what is this what is the strength of the program that you've been able to build there i would say really the character of the program you know really we've stressed team culture we have our coup pride which is our uh five core values which is purpose resilience um integrity discipline and energy and so we're you know constantly talking about and revisiting those things but i would say really the character we really believe in hard work and doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and because of that, sometimes it has taken a little bit longer for the program to develop than I, I think, um, you know, initially I thought it would, but at the same time, you know, they've really over the years improved and bought in and, you know, they're really a dedicated, the team right now and over the, all, you know, throughout the last couple of years is 
really been dedicated to being the best they can be, and that's that's exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, with this uh, current situation, with the, mm-hmm. the season prematurely ended and uh, sort of the shutdown scenario that people are under, how are you uh, staying connected with uh, the players? How are they staying connected with each other? How, mm-hmm. how are they practicing? How are they keeping motivated? Just kind of all those things that I'm sure are just running through your mind all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, it was a really interesting kind of stopping point. We had had a great tournament at our last event, Meadow Club, and finished second as a team. And then we had two of our players tie for the individual win in a really solid field at Meadow Club. So, you know, really riding that exciting, you know, um, high of, okay, what's next? We've, mm-hmm. We're developing, we're peaking, you know, they're coming together. And then to come home from that event, and then a week later, we have players all over the world. So Denmark, Australia, you know, Seattle, California. We have a player from France, but right now she's in Boise. Um, you know, we have a player from Korea, but she's been on campus. Um, she hasn't gone home yet. So we're, we're everywhere. So yeah. uh, we, we have been, uh, you know, my um, Emma and I, our assistant coach, we rotate. So on Mondays I talk to four players and she talks to the other four. On Tuesdays we flip. Mm-hmm. And then we do the same thing on Thursday and Friday. So each of us are individually talking to them, you know, mm-hmm. twice a week. So they're getting talks with coaches four times a week. And then we have, have been having two team meetings, which we have to do um, at 9.15 Washington time, which is mm-hmm. 6.15 the next morning in Denmark, and then the afternoon in Australia. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's supposed a little bit of a – of a challenge, but luckily our Danish player, she's a morning person. So, uh, so that works. Uh, but really just one meeting is just more of a connection meeting and taking time to talk and see each other as a team, maybe an icebreaker, Mm -hmm. um, a fun game. And then the Thursday meeting is more of, you know, really, uh, talking about how their week's going. Are they still working on those core values and they give Mm -hmm. themselves a score Mm -hmm. so we can work on getting better. I think, Everyone for golf-wise has had a different experience just based on when restrictions have been lifted yeah. at different times. Yeah. So Australia was actually the first one to have more access to golf courses, and so our Aussies have been at the golf course. And, you know, they've been practicing, but I also think this is a time where they're just, you know, they're, they have – it's the first time in their life where they don't exactly know when their next event is. Yeah, sure. So finding that motivation – is a little bit interesting. So we've been using a periodization model mm-hmm. and kind of talking to them about that where, you know, m- right now might be more of an active rest where they're still playing, but maybe resting more. And then in May, you know, moving into a technical phase. So if there's anything technical in their areas of their game, really focusing on that. And then, you know, getting back into a pre-competition phase where they're applying that on the golf course so that, you know, they're not um, – um, so that they're, you know, getting used to those changes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, getting back into the competition phase, hopefully in the fall. So kind of starting on them on that model, because a lot of them can feel guilty for not practicing as hard, but, sure. you know, but at the same time, they're not able to right now. Yeah, yeah. So, so under, under <clears throat> excuse me, so it looks like uh, just you were just going down the list of the players at the tournament. Yep. They certainly have lots of international players. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, I think that's kind of a newer thing for your program. Is that correct? Yeah, we've had a mix. Like we were very much Washington heavy 
Northwest heavy for a couple years. And then um, the last, I'd say, three years, we've had more international players. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and, you know, I always, I always look local first and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being a local girl myself and mm-hmm. then, you know, recruit elsewhere. But yeah, we've become very international the last, last couple of years. Uh-huh. So under normal circumstances, uh, we're coming into the summer season here. Would you tell your players to just go play, play in as many tournaments as you can during the, during the off season or during the summertime. And then I'll see you again in early August and off we go for the season or how does this typically work for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty big on communicating with the players, so I'll check in with them a lot. Can't do any golf with them unless they ask, but I like to stay in communication and stay connected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but normally it, there's, it, every player is a little different. I think there's some players that, really for them to reach their full potential, they need a lot of competition or you know, something that will really benefit them. There's some players where maybe there's a technical thing in their swing that because we've been competing so much, we really haven't had time to really make that change. Yeah. So there's usually a couple different, couple different um, avenues we take with different players, but for the most part, I mean, in golf, com- competing as much as you can is ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so a lot of summer tournaments, as yeah. many as you can for women amateurs. Okay, yeah. Um, for um, let's see, when does your season typically start in the fall? So you have a, a fall season and a spring season. How does this work? For yep. Your yep. Yeah. We have a fall and a spring. Usually, we start somewhere in the second week of September, and we'll mm-hmm. go till November, mm-hmm. and then we'll start up again end of January, and then go through May. We were supposed to um, host the NCAA regional at Palouse Ridge next week, and, yeah. you know, that got canceled, which was a yeah. bummer, but yeah. obviously for, you know, for good reason. But, you know, we were bombed as, as our department yeah, had sure. really prepared for that. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that, and I, I saw that on the schedule. So is that going to be uh, you just missed the rotation and won't, won't be bumped till next year or just be on the next rotation for uh, for the for that event? We'll have to we'll have to re um, resubmit a bid for yeah. a, a yeah. regional in the future. They the NCAA yeah. has decided to just move on to the 21 site. The oh, Pac-12 okay. is actually Stanford was hosting this year, and Stanford will mm-hmm. host next year. So oh, okay, yeah, all right. So looking forward to the uh, fall of 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. Any new in- interesting or exciting new players coming in? Yeah, we have we actually have two. We have a girl named Jessie Lynn. Mm-hmm. Um, she just signed her NLI, and she will be coming. Um, she's a transferring from a community college in Southern California. And then we are also Jin Yu Wu. She she's going to be a freshman. She's been in, in Florida at an academy. Um, she's from China, and mm-hmm. so she'll be joining us in the fall as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any last thoughts on this, Kelly? Um, no, I just I I think you know I've just been so lucky to have great mentors and support in the Northwest, and it's just been a great place to be a golfer and a coach. And I look forward to you know to golf in the future here. Yeah, there you go, uh, Kelly Kamimura, the women's head coach at Washington State University. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye.